Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Welcome in on a Wednesday. It is November the 27th, 2019. As uh, we get ready for Turkey Day, gobble, gobble. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to you and yours. It is uh, plenty going on here, over 50 college uh, basketball games here on tap, 11 NBA games, 13 NHL games. Uh, We really are getting ready for the three NFL games tomorrow. We'll have, of course, this weekend just loaded with rivalry games. It's rivalry week in the college football landscape, and that's always fun because anything can happen. Uh, in these rivalries, teams that uh, even uh, that have something to play for versus teams that have nothing to play for. If it means beating their in-state rival or their longtime rival, trust me, it's uh, anything can anything is on the table here. And there are plenty of big name teams, big brands with plenty to play for. Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, you know, there are go uh, Auburn, Alabama, the Iron Bowl. I mean, you name it. It's going to be huge this weekend. And it's uh, it's even bigger because some interesting things happened last night in that playoff committee meeting when they released the rankings. Number one, we saw Ohio State take over LSU. Clemson and Georgia remained unchanged, uh, unchanged rather at number three and number four. But the big the big moves happened you know, between five and 10, where right. teams like uh, Utah at six now, Alabama remains at five, but Oklahoma moving up to number seven after beating TCU, uh, Minnesota dropping down to number uh, eight there, uh, Baylor number nine went up from number 14 to number nine. They lose to Oklahoma. They go all the way back to 14 and uh, they end up uh, winning a game uh, last weekend and now they move all the way up to nine. They beat a six and five Texas team and somehow moved further up the board than they did losing Oklahoma in, uh, in that craziness. So I think it's interesting from the standpoint of the top four teams are still controlling their own destiny. We get that. Uh, but Ohio State and LSU, them flip-flopping, I think it strictly has to do with the fact that Ohio State plays defense and LSU does not because they both have similar resumes, similar wins over top 10 teams. Uh, all of a sudden, that win over Texas uh, early on in the season, not nearly as nice looking as it was a month ago. So uh, these two teams are very different. But if I had the eye test tells me Ohio State, number one offense, number one defense, LSU, great offense, giving up 26 points a game, not necessarily great. But again, both of those teams, well, they control their own destiny. So whether it's number one, whether it's number two, Dane, You win out, you're in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good morning, Joe. Happy early Thanksgiving to you and to our degenerates out here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. You're right, Joe. I mean, like, to be honest, if you're LSU or Ohio State, just win your games. 
All right, just just win your games. And to be quite honest, one of your and then your last game will be against the other one, you know, and then you'll play for the national championship. To me, Joe, first of all, uh, I know you and Suna Lisa always look at the Big 12 in the state of Oklahoma. And I think mm-hmm. Suna Lisa is, uh, you know, is encouraged, to be quite honest, because <sighs> I'm worried about the path to chaos. Right, Joe? And that's mm-hmm. what we want. Right. That's what right. we want. And so to me, here's my question for you now. Let's say LSU beats Georgia in the L- and the in the SEC championship game, right? Sure. So for that, Georgia falls by the wayside. I am one of these people of the belief that one of these, uh, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 conference champion would be enough to hop Alabama. Okay? I am of that position. Feel free. Yes. You could disagree with that if you want. I understand. But I don't think the playoff committee is going to go to Bama in this year when they don't have to. It's like, you know how we say, like, LeBron could win the MVP, Mike Trout could win the MVP every year. But when there's a year where it would make sense to not do it, give it to someone else, this is that year for Alabama, in my opinion. Okay? So the question for me is, what resume is better? A Big 12 champion Oklahoma or a Pac-12 champion Utah, Joe? Well, Utah screwed. I mean, unfortunately, Utah is totally screwed, even though they're sitting there at number six. Because the, the Oregon law path... hurts them, right? Because uh, it would make the Pac-12 beat... championship win less impressive, right? Who are they beating? I mean, that's the right, problem. That's so if they win out, it's not an impressive win. You're you're beating a team that's not ranked anywhere that's even what, like remotely close enough. Or so... something like that, right? Again, it's not impress enough. They're going to need plenty of help. Okay. And again, if it comes down to Utah or Alabama, right? We know what's going to happen there for the number but four. But Oklahoma stopping. is different, Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma, yes. But if LSU beats Georgia, that's yeah. the only scenario. Oklahoma has to lose to Baylor. Utah's got to win out. It's the only scenario I see. And even then, you've got to hope the committee goes. All right, we'll take Utah over right. a one-loss Alabama team, and I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I agree. Um, so, what about Oklahoma, though? Oklahoma runs the table. Right. LSU over Georgia in the SEC championship game. Yes. I think Oklahoma could wind up four, Joe. Not going to happen. It's nope. not going to happen. Even if Georgia wins LSU, LSU is not going to get bounced. No, that's not what I'm saying, Joe. I'm saying LSU, LSU beats Georgia. Okay. Yes. Utah, whatever. My question is, do you believe that Oklahoma in that scenario could finish four if Georgia loses, Oklahoma runs the table, Mm -hmm. could they hop Alabama? My guess would be no. I don't think anybody is hopping Alabama if it comes to it. Unless, of course, something crazy happens this weekend at the Iron Bowl. I do think, and this is... I think this Without game matters for Alabama how they win. I think it matters. Well, we've seen that. What the hell does that mean no, for no, Alabama? We've, we've seen them nothing. I mean, that's not what the it's committee true. cares about. Ago. Yeah, they, they don't care about that. But how they win this weekend against Auburn is going to matter, I think, Without big Tua? time. Well, I don't think that's going to matter. I, they should. This is exactly the game that Saban wins 65-7. to 7. This is exactly it, and it's the last taste in everybody's mouth of Alabama. Look, he ran over in the Iron Bowl, ran over. I mean, this is exactly what Saban does. And then he's going to sit on his perch there and start screaming right. and yelling and say, look at us. Uh, you know, Auburn's a number 15 team. We have these wins. Why would you not? 
and then everyone else keeps playing, and then ultimately, they if it comes down to Utah, Oklahoma, or Alabama, if Alabama right. blows out Auburn, is anybody surprised that Nick Saban will be the number four team? I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they take they take this year as the chance to not go to Alabama and go to Oklahoma instead. Depends on how both of these teams win out. It really does. How do you beat... Uh, are you going to have to come back and win by three against Baylor again? Or this weekend matters. Big. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. At least I can hear you now. All right, welcome in. It is a uh, Wednesday. Feels like a Friday. Tomorrow is certainly Thanksgiving, and uh, we do have three NFL games on the card last night. We also have come uh, Friday a uh, a whole lot of college football games. Big big slate uh, college football Friday. One of the uh, fun times of year here. Love this as we will get a boatload of. Rivalry games on Friday, followed by a boatload of rivalry games on Saturday, all trying to culminate into the opportunity of trying to figure out where does that top four rank and where is it going to end up? We know what the committee is telling us. They've kind of left the door open for teams like, well, Baylor and Oklahoma, for that matter. Baylor sneaking up to uh, number nine, Oklahoma number seven. Uh, we know those two are going to have to uh, play each other at some point. Oklahoma's got uh, Oklahoma State and Bedlam this weekend. Uh, Baylor's going to have to take care of business, and they're going to have to take care of what they should have taken care of the first time around, and that's beating Oklahoma, because if they do, in fact, win out and they beat Oklahoma, then I think that's a conversation people are going to have as well. What do you do with Matt Rule and Baylor? Uh, Utah, the biggest loser, really, uh, as much as people want to scream and yell and say, and they're right, that Utah is, without a doubt, a very complete team. Definitely one of the, you know, the top six. They're exactly, they're the number six team in the country. I agree 100%. But that's not going to sell tickets, and that's not going to carry water when they've got to take on a team in a Pac-12 championship that's outside of the top ten. And who knows what they're going to be by the time that comes anyway. So, and that's the biggest problem with the Pac-12 every year. They cannibalize themselves. And this has been the argument forever with them is that they just, they sit there and they beat each other up. And that's what they do. And then by the time it comes down to at the end of the season, and if you have a misstep, you're going to be a two-loss team. You got to take on somebody in the other conference who's lost three or four, and it, you never can compete with the big boys. And this has right. always been the problem with them. You know, they cannibalize each other. So I have a question for you, Joe. Is it smart for Oregon to, like, put Auburn on the schedule early on? Because I get the, I get the, the, the benefit if they win, right? But if you take that away from their schedule, 
They would have been undefeated going into this, going into their loss. You know what I mean? Let's say instead of putting Auburn in like the Georgia Dome on their schedule to start, right? What if what if they instead do something like a, you know, what if they had like a legit Power Five team, but not an SEC big boy? You know what I mean? What if they were playing like Iowa instead or something like that? On balance, Joe, do you think it's truly a smart decision for a team like Oregon to schedule damn Auburn early on? Because if that was not on their schedule, they would have been undefeated going into last week. They would have had their first loss and they would still be in the conversation. Is it worth it for them? Yeah, it it is because you're in the Pac-12, number one. You're not a high-profile organization, not a high-profile program. So you need your out-of-conference schedule to be that much better than everyone else. And even if you lose, there's still a chance that Auburn's going to be a top-10 team. So that's why you play that game because it's not going to hurt you. In fact, at the end of the year, having a loss to a top-5 team, 5-7 team, 18, that's not a problem. I mean, that's actually going to help you in the long run, even if you do slip up in the Pac-12 chances. That's not an issue. You can't take on a cupcake in the Pac-12 in your non-conference schedule and go, because most of your schedule in the Pac-12 is cupcakes. So you can't, you have to go out there and challenge yourself and say, hey, we, we either won this game or you know what, like they did, you lost to a pretty damn good Auburn team. I mean, Auburn's schedule, including their out of conference schedule, was ridiculous this year. I, I mean, that. absolutely ridiculous. So I don't think it hurts them in the long run because there's a good chance when you schedule those kinds of games, you're scheduling against teams that are in the conversation for a national championship anyway. So I don't know that it's unless they fall flat on their face. Which um, they didn't. But yeah, I mean, LSU scheduled Texas thinking that Texas could be you know, a top 10 program, which they should have been. I mean, and all people, most people thought now all of a sudden look at them. You played Texas and it's like, all right, LSU, you know, not nearly as impressive as we thought it was. And now here you've got Ohio State who's already beaten Wisconsin, right? Now they're going to go against Michigan, another, another top, you know, 12, 13 team. You're going to beat them. Then you're going to go in, in all likelihood to either take on Minnesota or Wisconsin, whoever wins that game this weekend. Right, right, right. Now, all of a sudden, at the end of the year, Ohio State sitting with three or four top 15. There's nothing to argue about, right? I mean, there's nothing to argue about. The Pac-12, inherently, you can't lose to Arizona State. Like, no, you're you right. No, absolutely. You can't lose but to Arizona State. They would That's be in a different problem. spot, though, Joe, if they're not 9-2 and two here, if they were 10-1. and one, And like I said, it wasn't a loss against Auburn. It was a win against a, a, a mid-level Power 5 it's team. still a loss against Arizona State. It'll never, ever help them in the long run. You know, a lo- let's say Alabama. Let's say they lost to Alabama, or they lost. That would look at even the Arizona State can be mitigated as crazy as it is. It can be mitigated by a loss to a top five team. It, it actually can be mitigated. Like ah, it's all right. You know, it's we've seen this with Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Like who did they lose to? Virginia Tech. Like yeah, yeah. but you know, look, they beat this one. This was their out of conference schedule. That so it. Believe it or not, those out of conference games can mitigate stupid stumbles during the regular uh, during the regular season here where you go and you lost to Bob Tech, you lost to Arizona State. Yeah, but they beat Auburn. Right. I think it'd be a right. <laughs> right. No, but I mean but that's why you, you do it. I just think I just don't I I think a ten and one Oregon would be in a different spot, right? They'd be above Utah. We know that. <laughs> you know? So but I'm not I, gonna I, think they're better than Utah anyway. I do think the better Pac twelve team is in is, is in the hunt. 
I, you know what I mean? I think they're in the hunt. I, I really do. I think the better Pac-12 team, it's always been Utah. They were preseason favorites. And what we've seen this year from Oregon has been extremely inconsistent. All of a sudden, right. yeah, your, your defense is the all-world. Now your defense disappears. And now, oh, it's the – like, you've yeah. been all over the map. Utah has been and the most not, consistent team, too, by the way. You're right. And it's not even like – you know, you, I'm talking about the case study of Oregon, right? But I'm talking about right. even in general. Like, is it on balance smart? You know, because you're right. I understand the benefit of the tough loss against a top five or a top ten team. I get that, right. you know. Right. But at the same time, you know, the loss drops them right away. So they're coming. They're at, like, number 15 in week three instead of still at number six. And then, you know, the war of attrition that happens. I just think it's interesting uh, yep. to really consider, you know, which way is actually better for a team like that. And then, you know, I, I really do believe, Joe, you're right at this point with all eyes on everybody, specifically Alabama and what I think will be Oklahoma because Utah, to me, is such a – under-the-radar, non-public team that, unfortunately, they won't get the respect from the committee or the polls or what have you. Right. Well, Oklahoma, if they run the table, I, I will be really intrigued if LSU wins the SEC championship, so that means Georgia falls by the wayside. Alabama gets a win but has no other opportunities to do jack. And then Oklahoma wins Bedlam, wins the Big 12 championship game against the top 10 team. Mm. And they would be sitting at five with Alabama at four. That That's the scenario that I think could cause consternation for the committee. Uh, Alabama, a one-loss Utah, and a one-loss Oklahoma. No, I, it's even worse because if Oklahoma loses to Baylor and Utah, so Baylor and Utah win out, LSU beats Georgia, now what do you do? Because now you've got Alabama, you've got a one-loss Pac-12 champion, and you have a one-loss Big 12 champion. So what are you, what are you doing then? I mean, at that point, because now you have two conference. I don't know what they would do if Oklahoma loses. If LSU beats Georgia, Oklahoma loses the Baylor, Utah wins out. Now your choice is: Do I take one loss? If you have two one-loss conference champions, champions, right? That you would have Alabama in over. That could be the perfect storm to go to eight, Joe. Yeah, and it's two smaller programs in the eyes of the committee. You've got Utah and Baylor to choose over a one-loss Bama. Oklahoma that's, that's chaos. Go to Hopper. Yeah, because they'll see tickets. Yeah, that to me is. Let's see what you're made of there. Let's see what you're made of now, committee. What are you going to do now? In Oklahoma and Oregon, because they could at least sell tickets. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Get on the grid here, guys. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome in. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. Also want to invite you guys to join us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, Sportsgrid Network. All the fantasy and sports wagering information you need to make it a profitable day, a profitable week, profitable year can be found at the Sportsgrid Network 
on YouTube. And don't forget, all the highlights can be found on Instagram, at SportsGridTV. Make sure you follow us there. And keep in mind that tonight, over 50 college basketball games starting as uh, early as 11 a.m. this morning. You've got 11 NBA games, 13 NHL games. Might be time for you to put your money where your mouth is and open yourself up a sports wagering account. You can do so with FanDuel. It is New Jersey's largest sports book hand down. If you head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, you will receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's right. A free bet, $500 right now when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You've got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering. Whether it's college or pro sports, you are definitely in control. So what you do is take control. Head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Open that new account. And claim that free wager of up to $500 today. Now, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. So, yes, we got uh, Dane and I have all sorts of uh, doomsday scenarios here. I got another one, committee. Yeah, uh, I got chaos and, uh, for you. <laughs> we are trying to figure out. Uh, there's no way around. We want... We want the committee to have to make a decision about Alabama, not one that's yeah. clear cut where yeah. it's, oh, Alabama, we tried. But, you know, you're number five because, you know, Georgia wins and LSU. Right. No, 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 no. We want the fact that Alabama, it's either going to be Alabama, Utah, Baylor or Oklahoma. And even right. even Baylor and you just having to choose between Alabama, Utah and Baylor makes it an impossible decision because, you know, they're going to want to put Alabama in at that right. number four spot. So what do you do now? Because that's where that's the worst case scenario for them. I got I got a one that's bad, too, Joe. I got one that right, even go ahead, further go would complicate that, Joe. Go because and, and let me restate my premise. Just like LeBron. Just like Mike Trout, Alabama, you could probably put in every year. So when there's an opportunity to not do so, I think they should not do so. No one mm. would cry if this is the year Alabama's not in. However, right. Joe, we are talking about a one-loss Big 12 champ, a one-loss Pac-12 champ, right? Mm. Let's say, what if, what if Georgia beats LSU? Mm. Well, what if Clemson loses the ACC championship game, Joe? What if we're talking about a one-loss ACC champion also in the mix? Okay, because Clemson's a fait accompli, right? But what if you, what you got is Ohio State you got to have in. LSU, even with a loss, we think is still in the top four, correct? Georgia as the SEC champion oh, with a win over number one LSU, they yep. got to be in. And then what if left there for number four is a one-loss one Pac-12 champion, call it Utah, Utah. a one-loss Big 12 champion, call it Oklahoma, call it Baylor, whatever you want, and, Joe, a one-loss Clemson and Alabama. What do you do then? I always see, I think. Does Clemson fall out with a loss? No, I, I think Clemson okay. is always going to have the tiebreaker simply because they're defending champions. You're not going to leave the defending national champions when you have to make a decision like that. They are going to win every time. You are going to give them a chance to repeat and to defend always. They're I don't sick. no way. 
No way do I see the committee going, well, sorry, Clem, we're going to put it. You're going to let the defending national champions defend if it comes down to having to make that decision. I think Clemson's got carte blanche. Clemson has the, I think, the most room to wiggle because they're defending national champions. I don't see how they ever leave them out regardless. Okay. All right. You know, I, I mean, it's you're you're, you're going to opt for a Utah Pac-12 over to defend. You're, like, you're going to let them defend. So I think they have the most wiggle room. But okay. I, they ain't losing. Of all four teams, the one team that they ain't losing. Like, Clemson ain't I mean, losing. I hear you. But <laughs> random things happen in conference championships. I think Ohio State's got a better shot at losing than Clemson. I think but Ohio State. they in the top four, too, right? Uh, it, Minnesota if they beats lose State against beats Michigan. If Michigan oh. beats them this week, okay, they've got to go into the Pac-12. Cha- they got to go into the Big Ten championship, taking on either Wisconsin or taking on uh, Minnesota. And... If they squeak by there, I think Michigan holds the keys to blow up Ohio State's year. I really do. Because if they beat Ohio State, right, you're going to give them the Big 12. They're now, what, a one-loss team? So you're going to go, all right. right. All right. So you got some wiggle room because you still got the Big 10. But I I think if you don't blow out Wisconsin, if you don't blow out Minnesota or if it – I, you're leaving the door open as far as I'm concerned with Ohio. I think Michigan can make their better than a national championship, blow up Ohio State's chances, oh, or oh, give them – Oh, my God. Forget about it. That Michigan would let – they wouldn't even care what the bowl game is. You blow up Ohio State's. I think it does begin because I do think Ohio State and Michigan's got a – they're a live dog. I think they have an opportunity yeah. to take down Ohio State. I agree. So, but that's the thing, right? If they were undefeated and lost the conference championship game, they'd still be in the same way LSU, an undefeated LSU losing the con would have to still be in the top four. But if they entered the conference championship with one loss to Michigan, then they'd be, uh, they'd be. Now you're open. Now you're open. Exactly. Who's their Teflon status? I hear you. You know, it's just Joe. There is going to be. A power five conference champion left holding the bag. Well, when you think about it, one, two, and four right now, one, two, and four have an absolute chance of losing one out of the next two games. Yeah. Clemson's not. So, I mean, one, two, and four are going to lose. They have a bit, you know, I mean, Ohio State could lose two. LSU is only going to lose, you know, can lose one. Georgia can lose one. but. Let's be realistic here. I mean, that's Ohio State's got the most to lose. I think LSU and Georgia realize even if one of us, if Georgia loses, LSU realizes, you know what, guys, if we lose to Georgia, we're probably no worse than four, which I think is true, right? I mean, it's they're no worse. Georgia, Georgia is out. Georgia has to but win. Georgia if has Georgia to win. Loses to LSU, yeah. they're out. They're out. They're exact. They're out, and that's what'll pave that's the, the way. Opportunity for the one loss conference champion to get in. Correct. And and now if you're looking at Ohio State goes into the conference championship game with one loss. Oh, boy. Is that, that going to be then interesting they need to win? Then they need uh, to win because they lose that. that conference champion. Then it's mm-hmm. easy for the committee to take the one loss Big 12 Pac-12 conference champion over the two loss Big 10 conference champion, regardless of if it's the Buckeyes. Doesn't make a damn they bit of difference. Pete, see yep. you later. Right yep. now, the, Ohio the, State the also. Comes. Right. The problem comes if there's multiple one-loss conference champions to decide around. Yep. And the problem, I mean, look at Ohio State. I mean, this is how it sets up, and this is Big Ten football this year, guys. You got Ohio State one, 
look at all those top 10, top 12, 13 Big Ten teams. Eight is Minnesota. Yeah, 10 is Penn State. 12 is Wisconsin. 13 is Minnesota. So, you know, having that on your resume, I don't think there's any doubt in the world that we are talking about you know, Ohio State having the better schedule, even I, is is that not on par with the SEC? I mean, am I crazy with that? It is. I mean, that's and they play their non conference game, right? They play Texas, was it, in a non conference yeah. game, which isn't as big as it used to be, right? As but it could still. have been, but still, and yeah, absolutely. Could, and then when you compare it, you know, I look at Utah, right? Yep. And then okay, you got Oregon at fourteen, then you got USC at twenty two, and that's it. I agree. You know, I agree 100%. Well, right. You got your Baylor. You got your Oklahoma. Then you got to go all the way down, Joe, to, you know, your school. Right. Yep. And I state, and they're in the 20s. Yep. So yep. that's where it comes in. Uh, but that that's the soft part that you that's somewhat subjective and what the committee will be thinking about when it comes to like the quality of the resume of the one loss, say, Oklahoma and the Big quality time. of the resume of the one loss, say, Utah. Mm-hmm. And Alabama without the little asterisk there as conference champion. Like, yep. this would all be settled, Joe, with an 18 playoff. And then what would happen is number six, Utah, would face number three, Clemson, in, you right. know, call it the Outback Bowl, and it would be amazing. I And I do think that's, again, it, this could play out where, if nothing else, the argument will get louder. You know what I mean? And the only way you're going to get change, we know this, is that if the argument keeps getting louder and louder and louder, and I do think and, oh, this happens to be louder. a year, we could get, you know. Alabama is whole, left out. Well, that's if, what I mean. Oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. Absolutely. If Alabama's left holding a bag on the outside and you got teams like, like Utah, we, Baylor, and Oklahoma. Oh, no. Eight yeah. teams, five power conferences, and the wild card. Because then Alabama and your second SEC team is pretty much guaranteed to be the sixth squad. Total chaos. Yep. And total then, chaos and total screaming and yelling. Any situation that puts that committee where they have to decide over lesser programs and Alabama, I, yep. we're in. Like, we're in. Give it to me all day yep. long here. Let me see what's happened. Now, again, knowing Saban... Backup quarterback goes in Auburn and wins 65 to seven. And then here we go again, because the louder Nick gets, the worse it is for the committee. I, I think we can all agree, right? The worse it is for the committee. If he, I, is he going to lose to Auburn? No. Is he going to crush him? That remains to be seen. If he does, it, he's never going to shut up. He is never going to shut up. He is going to be as vocal as he has been fighting for his team at the number five spot. Screaming and yelling, going, let's go. Because then he did it with a backup quarterback. Yep. To a lesser extent, Ohio State has a similar similar catch net. Yes, uh, you're right. Because they get the road. They get held on the outside looking in. That's a problem for the NCAA. Big time. I don't think they will, but it starts with Michigan this weekend. But if they're here, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Alabama are five, six, seven. Hmm. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
have uh, some Thanksgiving games getting ready to go off. Short week. Uh, not one, not two, but three games uh, happening there tomorrow. And, uh, of course, we'll have to uh, deal with the Lions and the Bears. But, uh, you know, so be it. We will get the Cowboys and the Bills. And we will also get the uh, the Falcons and the Saints. All very unique in, uh, in their own right. And also unique, of course. Are these Thanksgiving uh, day games and night game, in fact, that we do have a whole lot of data available to us, uh, some trends, some angles that uh, certainly have popped its head up over the years. For instance, since 2003, favorites on Thanksgiving, 30 and 11, 73 percent against the spread. Teams favored by six or more. They've gone. 16 and three against the spread. So you are looking at uh, favorites having a significant advantage against the number, as well as those favorites who are at least six points or greater as a favorite. But you got four days between games, right? So on a on a larger cha- uh, trend for like, let's say a short week like this, four days between games, favorites in general since 2003. 171 and four. So that is 59% against the number since 2003. It is probably, I think, the shortest week of preparation of the season for deep, especially if you're playing at that noon game, right? I mean, most teams play that eight o'clock. So that noon and four o'clock game is very weird uh, for teams. They got less time to prepare. Although the Um, Lions are used to it. Yeah. And don't forget the reason that most of these teams are favorited at, you know, at the 12 and four o'clock games is they have the better players. They have the better coaches. And that's why it's very difficult when you're taking on a team, better coach, better players, short week, shorter week, and you got an inferior coach or a newer coaching staff. It's there's a reason why those numbers bear fruit there. So Thanksgiving bottom line at the end of the day, guys, as chalky as ass. I mean, it's not going to get any chalkier than what you've got here going on. Um, Well, full game anyway. There is some opportunities. First half, second half bets live that you can definitely take advantage of. But just understand, first half favorites, Dane, 23-13-2 against the spread. Second half favorites, 28-12-1 against the spread. So opportunities will present themselves, even though the games may not be the best, Dane. Ultimately, we don't care. We just want, where's the edge? Just give me the damn edge. And there are edges to be had. (laughs) Sure. I wonder how much of that, though, is, you know, because the Lions have had a stretch of them just being really, really bad. And they are always part of the Thanksgiving equation. You know what I mean? Um, But I digress. Listen, Joe, for me, we may see David Blaw as the quarterback for the Lions tomorrow. Who? Mm. Exactly. You know, Jeff Driscoll is a legitimate questionable tag. And this is Jeff Driscoll we're talking about, that we're worried about the injury report for Jeff Driscoll. I am... All about fading the Bears, Joe. You and I have been fading the Bears all season long. But I don't think I'd be able to fade the Bears if Jeff, uh, if David Blaw is the quarterback of the Lions tomorrow. Oh, that's it. You don't trust Matt Patricia? What's wrong with you, man? No? I no? Mean, no? No, Patricia? No? <laughs> this would be... What's the Is it even on the week. board? You just talked about the the short week and all that stuff. And in that short week, you're going to introduce your QB three against the Bears defense. Yeah. If you have a coach like Matt Patricia, absolutely. You'll be, I can't even say it with a straight face. Yeah, really? Come on, Joe. (laughs) 
And, and you're telling me, what, they're going to ride Bo Scarborough 35 times? Like, what? honestly, Joe. Yeah, it's so bad. Uh, I will say this. We we talk a lot about fading the public, right? A great strategy. Side with the books. This yeah. trust me, guys. This is the one day of the year. Side with the public, okay? There is a reason why on Thanksgiving favorites win. Uh, they win because yes, the the deck is it's stacked. And I mean, it, as much as we love it, it's been a tradition. But it, the truth is, for a lot of these teams, the deck is stacked, which makes I think that Dallas game and and Buffalo game so unique to me because you do have two teams that are talented. The favorite has got the lesser coaching staff, which I think, which I find interesting Two, you know, two very talented teams, two very good teams, but the away team has the advantage in coaching on a short week. I, that's gotta be, uh, yeah. to me, that's the most interesting game of the, of the card. The other two games, they know saints, Atlanta, they just played three. Weeks. They know each other. That's going to be, that's going to be all right. Who's left standing there. We know that yeah. one. This middle one, I'm I'm confused. I agree with you. And that's why you were like, you know, go with the public. It's stacked. The one where I don't know if I agree with you is the yeah. middle one, Joe. Okay. Like, I, you know, we just we were joking about David Blaw, right? So I, it's going to be hard for me even getting three and a half points. If, in yeah. fact, it's QB3, it will be hard for me to back Detroit even with the three and a half points. I hear yeah. you on St. Falcons, right? I, I get right. you on that one, right? Cool. We've talked about this Bills team, Joe, and we correct me if I'm wrong, if you still feel the same way. I'm staring at six and a half right now at FanDuel. All right. If I get the full touchdown, which we had on Monday, I believe, or if it gets the seven and a half, I'm hitting submit plus the seven and a half with Buffalo, Joe. Okay. I don't know if I'll hit it at six and a half, but if it's seven, seven and a half, I will hit it. My question for you, Joe, is this Jerry Jones talk, man. Okay. So last week in a America's game of the week, when there were only two four o'clock games last week, Joe, that was Mm -hmm. odd, right? Right. Everyone's watching the Cowboys go down. What if tomorrow, sitting around the Thanksgiving table, Joe, everyone sees the Buffalo Bills put it on Dallas. Like, does that impact Dallas at all? Does that, are they like playing for Garrett? You know, that sort of thing. Like, ah, there's something there. I personally, you asked me this yesterday. I personally don't think Jerry Jones makes an in-season move. I just don't. But if Buffalo steamrolls Dallas on national TV tomorrow. Right. What is Jerry saying, Joe? What is Jerry saying Friday morning? It's a good question, man. Uh, I think I think Jerry's order of uh, dismissal, I don't think it'll start with Garrett. I think it'll be a coordinator, depending on how they lose. Kellen Kellen Moore is like the hot kid, though. I don't think they're going to put Kellen Moore. Well, again, he's already bashed Kellen Moore this year, Jerry. So he's already blamed Kellen Moore for not being good enough, not being creative enough, yada, yada, yada. I think it depends on how to lose. Do they get gashed defensively or do they get or or are they just so inept on offense that. Right. So, you know, it's going to be one or the other. I think that's where the heads will roll. Um, but it's, I think if they can't put any points against that defense at Buffalo, you're, you're going to see Kellen Moore in the hot seat. It won't be Garrett. I think it'll be Kellen Moore, but the message will have been sent that nobody is safe at that particular point. Nor, 
nor should they be at that point. Am I right? I mean, nor should they be. You can't just beat 500 or worse teams. You, right. you can't be. You, you have to be able to beat teams with winning records. And oh, by the way, Dallas hasn't been able to do that on Thanksgiving. Anytime you get a team that's 700 or better, uh, they lose. Like they lose. That's, that's a yeah. good team. 700 yeah. or better. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, but that's what they lose. They they yeah. don't beat the teams that you're not saying you got to win all those games, but damn Dallas, you got to win at least one. Or, you know what I mean? You got to win some of those games to be considered legit. And if you don't, when everybody's watching, oh God, Jerry's I head is going to explode. explode. Look at their win. They yep. beat the Giants and Eli Manning. They beat Washington. They beat Miami. Yep. What other? They beat Philly. Mm-hmm. Yep. They beat the exactly. Giants again. Like, what good win? Is Philly the best win on their schedule? That's it. And look at that. How great is that? And that was at home on prime time. Yep. And they have losses to the Jets. I mean, they are that. I call it. It's like, I used to call Detroit this team because, like, Matthew Stafford also couldn't beat a 500 team, right? Was nope. good against, uh, like, for his entire career, Joe. It's like. He was, I called them like the litmus test, the measuring stick. Are you really a good team? If you're a good team, you beat Detroit and Matt Stafford. If you're not, you can't beat them. It's almost like Dallas is that same kind of gatekeeper to true being a contender. You know what I mean? So for me, that means we may learn more about Buffalo tomorrow. Yes. We may learn more about Buffalo tomorrow because if Buffalo on a short week on the road as a six and a half point dog can go into Jerry's world on Thanksgiving and win, that's the litmus test. They proven that they are actually above the cut line. I yep. think we learn more about Buffalo, Joe, in this environment tomorrow. And I don't uh, if the Buffalo, if nothing else, has been extremely consistent with who they are and what they are and what they do. So Dallas is is the is always the wild card because you don't know what Dallas is going to show up. We do know that when they have played quality teams like Buffalo. Yeah, no, it's all over the map for them. Uh, They they only impose their will against teams that seem to fall apart, especially second half types of situations. Uh, you know that, and that seems to be their MO. Line, their run game, right? Yeah, and that's it. Um, somebody's going to have to make a play on offense for them tomorrow because I don't know how much success they're going to have running the ball uh, against that front. So that means you're going to need Amari Cooper and company. There are no more excuses in the uh, in the chamber, so to speak, for Dallas. Yep. But this has got you know. That's why I'm looking at a. I'm looking at a six point teaser in this game and going. Do I want to take Buffalo at twelve and a half? Do I want to jack up the total? I, I don't think this is going to be a, a good old-fashioned shootout, a good old Texas shootout. I do think this is going to be a grind them kind of game here. So, you know, I, I'm looking at a six-point, give me Buffalo 12-and-a-half and the under 52 mm. on a short week. If I'm doing a teaser, Joe, I'm doing the other games. Because to be honest, this is the game I don't know about, right? If I'm doing it the other way, Joe, I, I'm, I'm going to take Chicago-Detroit. I'll bump it up to 44 and then go under. You know? And similarly, with New Orleans-Atlanta, I'll get it down to 42 and then go over. I think, you know, because to me, the Buffalo-Dallas game is such a wild card. Well, Dallas is not going to be 12 and a half points better than— I, See, the problem, 
the reverse to me is what I look at. I know what I'm going to get from Dallas and Buffalo. I, I know what this game is going to be. I know what Buffalo is going to do. I know exactly how their offense is. I know how many points they're probably going to score. I know what that defense does. I don't know what the hell I'm going to get in Detroit and uh, from Trubisky and from who? What's his name? Matt hey, Rule? That's why I'm picking the what? over. To, I'm taking the total up I'm to 43. That could and going be 12-6. I mean, that could right. be 12-6 or... It could be, a, you know, who the hell know? I don't know what to expect from this kid. It, it's in Detroit, is it not? Yeah, it's always Detroit. It, it's Thanksgiving. It's in Detroit. Yeah, right. All right. So it's in Detroit. So I, I don't know. I am very confident that Dallas is not 12 points better than Buffalo uh, on this uh, particular game. Uh, right. The question to me is, total, do you think, I, I mean, how, what's the most points Buffalo has given up all year? I think their uh, defense I'll, is I'll, averaging under 20 points a game through 11 games. I'm pretty sure Buffalo, it was not, if I'm not mistaken. The most points they've given up all year was, you know, it's, it's, uh, they, in the loss, they lost to Philly. Philly put it on them. Put them on 30 Philly at home because them. they were running. Right, right. Philly right. beat them 31-13. 31-13 at home there. So everything right. else, so you're probably looking at a, what, about have, an average of 20 points? Everything else, nobody else has gotten over 20 against them. Even their loss to New England was 16-10. Their loss 16, to Cleveland 10. was 19-16. Right. It was only only Philly put it on them. I, ironically, the only other team to score in the 20s was both times against Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and that was good. Yeah, and that's it. Don't get me started with them. Right, they won 31-21 and 37-20. Those are the only other team to get to 20. So true, man. Interesting. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Yeah, he's in the spirit. I got a spirit for you. Uh, welcome in here as we uh, get ready to roll out hour number two on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Uh, shout out to uh, Stephen F. Austin last night, laying 28, yeah. uh, getting 28 points. Didn't need it as they took uh, Duke to overtime and won on in, in, in a fashion that you don't often see, guys. A uh, a time-ending layup uh, goes in, and uh, they end up uh, doing something nobody's been able to do since 1983, uh, which is just mind-blowing, guys. You're talking about 13,473 days since a mid-major unranked team actually won a game inside Duke's building, uh, which is just crazy. But again— St. John's? I remember St. John's did that a while ago. Like years not ago. Not in Duke. Not at Duke. Uh, unranked. Got to be unranked. Um, and a mid-major. Right, whatever. Yeah. Oh, mid-major. Gotcha. Yeah. Mid-major, unranked team. They were plus 8,500. They were plus 8,500. Well, <laughs> only at one book. I I looked you this morning. I went everywhere looking. Nobody even, because you don't, 
books don't often offer money line yeah, bets on teams that are 28 points. Them. Yeah, yeah. No, well, nobody bets them either. So it's like, what's the point? Of, I'd rather you put your money on a side and we're good. We got a better chance of getting your cash. Um, so there was only one book that I saw that did have it, and it wasn't uh, anybody around in Jersey or Vegas. So that was it. Everybody else, it wasn't even on the board, which is crazy. And But to, since 1983, to be able to do it, and I do want to preface this, because before people are like, oh, Duke probably – no, Duke got their asses handed to him last night. Stephen F. Austin took it to them, and if it wasn't for – a bogus phantom whistle that gave Duke two free throws at the end of regulation to touch. They'd have never even got to. So I'm so glad the basketball gods did it because the foul at the end of that game that gave Duke the chance to tie it, guys, was so bush. You think the NFL was bad? You want to talk about home cooking, guys? Wow. Wow, is that home cooking. Hey, so in two and a half months, Joe, remember the name Stephen F. Austin. They're going to be yes. what? They're going to be like an 11 seed or a 14 seed, right? And I'm going to bet them in round one. They also all had the flu. The whole team has been sick with the flu this week. Welcome to sports betting. Welcome to sports